0: Hello, and welcome back to the dark side. Oops.
1: <laughs>
0: what are you doing? I, I, it's just habit, I guess.
1: Yeah. The, the habits are hard to break. It is. And it is. After doing something for so many times,
0: I, it you get just, into a pattern. You get into a pattern. So
1: it so many times.
0: I can just imagine what kind of patterns Dan and Don over at Erotic Awakening have by now. We'd like to send a shout-out to Dan and Dawn of Erotic Awakenings podcast for their 100th episode.
1: Wow. That
0: blows my mind. Depressive,
1: guys. Well done.
0: Well done. Keep up the good work. You're one of my favorite podcasts. And the weird thing is, I just realized I've listened to 100 podcasts from you. No wonder why you guys seem like good friends. Anyway, congratulations, Uh, We hope to make it to our own hundred sometime in the distant, distant, distant future, but uh, good work, excellent work, and keep up the amazing and educational podcasts.
1: Yeah, keep it up, guys. I have to admit that I have not listened to all of your podcasts, as DA has, but I have enjoyed and loved every one of them that I have listened to. I have a long ride to work. Uh, We we aspire to be like you guys.
0: Yes, actually. Well, does that mean that you're going to giggle like Don?
1: Um, No, but I'm willing.
0: I'll be the masculine one, like like Dan. Urgh, Dan, masculine. Well, I can certainly try. Okay. You know, I, okay. I'm pretty game when well, it comes give, to that. Give game. G- give us a give us a giggle as as to sign off and to say goodbye. Uh, give give a give a Don giggle. He. <laughs> 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 okay. Anyway, enough clowning around. Uh, we love you guys and thank you for the amazing podcasts and congratulations, congratulations. On, on an honor well deserved. Bye bye.
2: Welcome to Erotic
3: Awakening with Dan and Dawn, a weekly view of all things erotic from BDSM to erotic spirituality, from swinging as a lifestyle to simply fun kink. Each week, we bring you a diverse offering of erotic and alternative lifestyles
4: in its many forms. This podcast includes frank discussions of highly sexual topics. This podcast is intended for consenting adults over the age of 18. If you are offended by this type of content,
2: we recommend you stop listening right now.
4: Hi, Don. Hi, Dan. So here we are, episode number 100. 100. So I guess we've been doing this for a couple of weeks now.
3: A couple of weeks. Well, let's see. if, if We actually skipped a couple of weeks here and there. So we're at, we're on our, God, we finished two years. <laughs> 100 episodes. That's two years. That ain't too bad. That's not too bad. And we still got plenty to talk about. <laughs>
4: First, uh, we do. I'll just say, just try to shut this up. (laughs) (laughs) Wanted to start off by thanking Dark Angel and Not Nice for that nice intro that they did for us. Yes, Uh, surprised us with that one. And as um, you know, for somebody who giggles as much as you do, you are pretty easy to be brought to tears. I,
3: I I am, especially with this stuff. It was
4: so sweet. That was very sweet of them. It was. Um, So you know, in honor of episode number one hundred. we are going to do a uh, couple of contests, free selection uh, from our audio library, library of, mm-hmm. um, well, it's got one thing on it. The, <laughs> they have it a nice, selection, but it's one thing. <laughs> a MP3 selection about leather history, mm-hmm. and uh, that is from a uh, workshop that you and I did at the Monkey, Monkey Puzzle, Puzzle Club, Club. Yeah, some time ago. You can win that or other fabulous prizes. As a matter of fact, we're going to be giving a couple Erotic Awakening t-shirts away as well. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go into that in a moment and then later we're going to be talking with the fabulous Naylan who uh came on the show and did designing uh, to talk to us about designing a scene. And yes. We'll talk a little bit about it and um I just You know, you think it's a really easy thing. And depending on what kind of scenes you've done, you're probably like, well, what's the big deal? I light a candle, (laughs) I bust out the floggers, and we go to town, right? Wait till you hear this interview. (laughs) He made it so much fun Mm -hmm. to talk about designing a scene, how to get into the other person's mind, and Mm -hmm. really build a scene that isn't just about a physical, but an entire sensation to wrap around you really interesting
3: so that you both have a lot of fun with it so Mm -hmm. very creative yeah (laughs)
4: um and we will not wait too long before we get into that we have not a lot of time Mm -mm. we're getting ready um speaking of monkey puzzle club (laughs) we got so much going on (laughs) interesting in show number 100 you know (laughs) it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about how things are kind of calm right now we don't have Mm -hmm. a whole lot going on uh, before we broadcast, before the next podcast, I should say, is uh, this Wednesday here mm-hmm. in central Ohio, where we'll be presenting at the Monkey Puzzle Club. Yep. That'll be a class on flirting, honor of Valentine's Day.
3: Yes. So, and, and also to uh, get people in the mood for Friday. So, Friday, we have... Winter wickedness. (laughs) We
4: do, and uh, we'll be broadcasting live from that event, which I think is a first time for a.
3: We think it is. At least for a a
4: kink event. I mean, this isn't one of those tech events where that. Right. Yeah. Eighteen people podcasting (laughs) about it as they happen.
3: No, this is as far as we know. This is the first time for a kink event, and I'm just really looking forward to it because we're going to be set up behind a plate glass window right where registration is going on. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just going to be neat. We're going to be able to see everybody that comes in. We're going to be able to wave through the glass. If people want to ask us questions, we'll be there to, you know, just to be asked questions or for people to give their thoughts on the upcoming event Sure, We'll have a couple of extra microphones
4: set up if someone wants to jump behind the mic with us and talk about what kind of great time they're having so far absolutely
3: so and winter wickedness itself is going to be a great time Mm -hmm. so we've got uh, oh god just this weekend forget all of february just this weekend (laughs) we're gonna be busy so we're not doing scarlet sanctuary this time but um there will be ceremony space Mm -hmm. set up so you and i will be doing a um a legal wedding that's mixed with a collaring and a gifting of boots and a induction into a leather house Mm -hmm. and there's going to be a couple of more ceremonies going on that mr sherry's doing Mm -hmm. and we're going to be podcasting and interviewing and all kinds of neat stuff
4: yes we will and uh and flirting and flirting and flirting perhaps (laughs) and uh master eric and slave amber if you're listening you've got three or four more days (laughs) three or four more days (laughs) not that i'm trying to make you nervous or anything (laughs) Um, I think
3: they're nervous enough on their own. (laughs) They
4: probably are. Uh, So here we are, show number 100. I want to mention that um, we still have, I think we have doubled our listeners in the last 100 shows. From four to eight people. Nice. Uh, If you'd like to tell people about the show or Mm -hmm. help us get the word out, you can do that by rating us on iTunes. Head over to iTunes and just give us a couple stars. Sounds you, good. You could give us five stars if you wanted to. That a, would be really nice. That would be awesome. <laughs> You'd be fucking Mr. Awesome if you gave us five stars. <laughs> you could be okay and just give us three. That'd be okay. Or you could Aww. be super awesome. Yeah, super awesome. Don't make Dawn cry. <laughs> so rate us on iTunes. You can also lick us on Facebook or tweet about us <laughs> Lick as us well.
3: on Facebook. Or tweet about us. <laughs>
4: You could lick us or twat us. Either way, (laughs) whatever you're more comfortable with. Awesome. So,
3: but you know what? That's not all we've got going on in February. No. Why did we schedule so much before Dallas? (laughs) So, we got Monkey Puzzle Club this Wednesday. We've got Winter Wickedness this weekend. Um, A couple of weekends from now, we've got the Prestige Club where we're going to be doing um, an afternoon on sacred sexuality. Mm -hmm. So, that's going to be a lot of fun.
4: We are going to uh, pick up Karen. My other significant other and uh, Scarlet Sanctuary co-host. And we will head down to the Prestige Group and do a full day of sacred sexuality. Right, right. A lot of
3: history, terminology, um, how to bring sacred sexuality into your life, into your scenes. Mm -hmm. um, Some uh, examples um, and hands-on experience of... What to try and to, yeah, sacred touch. It's gonna be,
4: it's gonna be a lot of fun. It is going to be a lot of fun, and uh, it's really interesting. And here we are, 100 shows in. To think, um, we've had the opportunity to have some really neat people on the show. Mm-hmm. I just mentioned Karen. She's been on two podcasts, I right. believe. We've had um, Julia, the Rope Goddess. Yes, which, that's my new name for her. <laughs> Got to see with the poetry um oh, we've had tons of people we've just had tons of people and it's been really fun to meet all these people and interact with all these people mm-hmm. you don't have to have a podcast to go get involved in the community and meet all these people very um, true i have found that most people Especially, you know, a lot of the presenters that we've met, regardless of the fact, whether we're podcasting or we're just being fanboys,
2: mm-hmm.
4: are very open and willing to talk to you. Yes. Um, I think this is really just a, you know, what you know go out and get involved in the community sort of thing. Um, it's been very positive for us. Um,
3: oh, I don't think we could have made it this far without support of the community or no, being in the community or absolutely without not. thinking we're freaks of some sort. <laughs> <laughs> We like some weird stuff. It's nice to know that other people do, too. Oh, absolutely. You know what? There's,
4: um, for example, there, let's say you happen to have a fetish, like you like tentacle sex, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
4: if you don't know anybody else who's into that, if and, you know, people consider it strange and weird is the only way you hear about it, or it's the guy that gets killed on that CSI show. Right. It can be very uh, difficult and scary to allow yourself to get involved in stuff like that. So one of the reasons to get involved in your community, mm-hmm. as we always say, is because you will find someone else who's in a tentacle sex. And you may not get into the same thing, and they may not get into it with you, mm-hmm. but at least it's always nice to have somebody else who shares that same thing. With power exchange relationships, Absolutely. it's huge for us to mm-hmm. be able to be around other people that are in the same or similar dynamics that we're in and to say, you know what, you guys aren't that weird. You know, we have the same kind of relationship and the same kind of problems and the same kind of joys. Exactly. So get involved. If you would like, so one of the first contests I want to mention is the um, Erotic Awakening Audio Library Selection. Nice. We have a, um, so what we did for the, as we mentioned, we went out to the Monkey Puzzle Club. We did a uh, presentation there on leather history. Right. And some of the protocols and... Who gets to wear a
2: cap? Right. And it was a, how it to was a treat.
4: Your leathers. It was a lot of basic stuff
3: because we were really presenting to um, the kink community. Mm-hmm. And this happened right after you were presented with your master's cover. Mm-hmm. And so, everybody was all interested. Right. Said, wow, that
4: was really weird. What was that about?
3: Exactly. And it
4: gave us a great opportunity to share some of this with the more kink focused community. Mm-hmm. But we had some leather people there too, and everybody asked a bunch of good questions, yes. had some great feedback. Exactly. We took that presentation. We partied it up with a bow and some music (laughs) and stuff. And um, we put it in this little audio library, a little MP3 version. Yes. Um, So that's our first contest, a copy of the audio... Selection, Leather History, or Leather Protocol, I think we called it.
3: I think that's what we called it, but there's a lot of history in there, mm-hmm. too. So how can they win this MP3, this they audio
4: can, selection? They <laughs> can win this audio selection by tweeting, Erotic Awakening as a hashtag, and that's where you use the pound three and the word Erotic Awakening, or shove it together to make it one word, mm-hmm. and the hashtag Leather History. Nice. And that's all you got to do. And we will do a search for people that have done that, and we'll pick one at random, and you will get a gift certificate to get yourself some leather, hist- leather, leather protocol audio selection.
3: Sweet. So, so all they have to do is to put two hashtags on there. Yep. Okay. But that's
4: not a t-shirt. Oh. To get the t-shirt... Well, hold on. I'm going to squeeze this out a little longer. So we're giving okay. away t-shirts. We're going to give away two t-shirts. Okay. There two different ways you can get them. Sweet. But before we get that, you might want to get a hold of us for any other reason. You might. For example, you could find us on Twitter as Dan and Dawn. Nice. Or you could
3: leave us a voicemail at 206-309-0054.
4: There's all kinds of other ways to get a hold of us like email or Facebook or all this other stuff. Head over to eroticawakening.com to find them all. Sweet. Um, Do we have a question of the day today? um i'm sure we can pick out something
3: we actually have a list of questions well
4: i like this one
3: throw a dart i will throw a dart (laughs) i will throw a dart
4: at you and i will call it a scene (laughs) (laughs) as
3: long as i get to bend over
4: (laughs) i seem to recall we saw a scene oh yeah in chicago Mm -hmm. at one of the events up there it was a person was in the corner with their they were naked female person with facing into the corner of the wall. So you saw their back and their buttocks and the back of their legs. Right. And the scene was the people that were with this person, there's like three, I think three other mm-hmm. people, took these blow guns yep. and shot <laughs> darts into the person.
3: They were just little darts, but it was so cool. That, that was that was something.
2: That, that was, was
4: something.
3: That was different. It's it's not um it's it's kind of rare that we come across different scenes. Would so. you call that edge play? I would. Yeah, I would have to. I want. would, yeah, just because of the dangers involved. So I would want someone to um, have practiced on a pillow or something first so they don't get me in the back of the head or something. I going to say.
4: <laughs> would you be willing to bottom for a scene like that? Yes. <laughs> it was very little pause there before Very little
3: pause. I was getting ready to put the caveat in of if I knew who the top was and knew I could trust them or whatever. But just the idea of the scene, yeah. I was yeah, going to that say, just seems hot.
4: As quick as you answered, you're already up, tied to the St. Andrew's Cross, and the first dart is sucking into your ass. All right?
3: <sighs> Yay. That whole get involved with community, so you know you're not the only pervert.
4: <laughs> was that the question of the day? When you no, shot it with the wasn't. Darts? Oh, okay. I don't know how I came up with that. The, the question of the day today is um, Should a beginning submissive only trust an experienced Dom? Now, for ourselves, I'm going to change the words on that. That's how I was asked. I'm mm-hmm. going to change the words a little bit. Okay. Should a beginner bottom only trust an experienced top? Oh, okay. Well, that does switch it up a little bit. For some people. Now, some people some like people. to use the sub-dom as an interchangeable for top-bottom. Right. For people that are maybe new to the lifestyle, may not you know have all their terminology and gear yet, what we mean... When we say a top-bottom, we're talking about a play situation. I am the person leading, I am mm-hmm. the person swinging the flogger, I am the top in this scene. The bottom, the person receiving, the flogging or the spanking or whatever kind of, even if it's a power exchange, like play scene, right, right. Is the person leading it, the person receiving it.
3: So, well, as the bottom, um, would I only trust an experienced dom? And the answer is no. I mean, how are DOMs going to get experience it, it, when they're when they're new and young? They need to try it out on somebody. So mm-hmm. who are they going to try it out on? Personally, I like helping new DOMs. So as long as they're willing to admit that they're new,
2: mm-hmm.
3: you know, if they go in it with the beginner's mind and yeah. they're all you know just wanting to explore and and allowing me to give pointers or better yet. Cause I don't like topping from the bottom. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will, if it's for a learning session or something, but if it's a scene, if you were there to let them know how to play with me, to me, that's, it's just hot. Mm-hmm. I, and I would trust them. I've been bought in an auction before. Oh, and yeah. yeah. And someone that had never played before bought me and I pretty much, we negotiated and then I let them have, carte blanche pretty much though. It was, it was at an event, um, dungeon masters, you were there, Mm -hmm. you know, so I was still in a safe place, but he got to, try it out and explore and see what he liked and like i said i'd given him a few limits you know Mm -hmm. where he wasn't supposed to go and you know and he honored those limits and now i see him god that's been years ago Uh and now i see him at parties all the time and a very sought
4: after dom as well very
3: sought after so you know someone's got to give them the chance but like i said I, i just i like them to say hey i'm new right And then I would trust them more saying, hey, I'm new than if they tried to come across as an experienced person and then hit me in the back of the head. (laughs) And you know what? Actually, that's happened before. Yes. Actually, that has happened before. Someone that um, convinced me he had a lot of experience. And then I found out. It was all online. Yeah. <laughs> which is a little bit different, the kind of scene uh,
2: oh,
3: that you can have on Yeah, swinging the flogger online is a little different than doing it in person. <laughs> and you know what? A bottom can tell.
4: Yes. <laughs> you know, the other thing I want to add to that, I think that's a great answer. The other thing I want to add is if you are a novice or new top, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Be okay with that. Make sure you, you claim that. Recognize that. Be that new person and say, yeah, I'm new to this. And don't try and give yourself more credit than you are, you know, than you rightfully should have, right? Mm -hmm. And allow yourself to be new. There's nothing wrong with being new. Experience that newness, right? Um, Some of the uh, negative part about being around for a little while is you forget to, as you said, have that beginner's mind. You forget. uh, And Lee Harrington, who we've had, uh, matter of fact, a host on the podcast recently. Taught me not too long ago the importance of continuing to go to classes.
2: Mm-hmm. Even
4: though you've been around for a little while, you just keep going to classes because you never know what you're going to learn. Right. So, so that's very cool. So, agreed. wonderful answer, by the way.
3: So, and, you know, and I just had this guy pop into my head as well that was in one of our classes recently, a couple of months ago, where he was upset because he is a new Dom and said mm-hmm. he couldn't find anybody to play with him.
4: Oh, yeah, I remember that.
3: Yeah, and I just looked at, he goes, nobody wants to play with a new Dom. And I'm sitting here thinking, I do. (laughs) There's actually a few of us, you know, that would love to. And, you know, and later in the dungeon, even though I admitted I liked playing with new people, he didn't come and ask me. Yeah. So because he's got that perception, he didn't come and ask
4: me. Mm -hmm.
3: And it's like, well, that would have resolved a lot of issues just
4: Ask And as people know that listen to the podcast, if you're a podcast listener and they walk up and ask you.
3: I'm supposed to follow through. <laughs> <laughs> I actually had somebody tease me about that when I came back from a party recently up in uh, Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I went on a date and uh, I had a date with me and he stopped me later and he goes, you know, dances. all I have to do is ask. <laughs> but I saw you were
4: on a date, so I was good. But next time. There you go. That would be called a rain check. Yes. Um, well we wanted, I wanted to say out uh, real quickly. Uh, I got this bag. Mm. <laughs> Can we open that later? We should open that later. It's actually on the to-do list, I think. The, Sweet. Um, so we had mentioned recently that um, Maui Kink has been supporting the podcast, and they sent us some printer cartridges, or at least money to go buy printer right. cartridges. And. They said, hey, how, you know, we, we keep hearing you guys say that you would be happy to do a product review. Mm-hmm. How about we send you something and you can tell people about it? And we said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we can't do the product review yet because we haven't played with it yet. But right. here's what they sent. They sent us a bag of rope. And now they sent us two, uh, a paddle and a cane as well. Now, the mm-hmm. paddle and the cane are made out of bamboo. And you would think <laughs> bamboo... <sweet> <laughs> you would think bamboo would... To me, you know, if you tell me bamboo, it's going to splinter easy. Mm-hmm. It's going to fall apart. These fuckers are... Solid. Yeah. And nasty.
3: They're they're lacquered and they're they're yeah. There's no bendy to
4: them. No, not at all. <laughs> I did a little whacking of my own leg to see it Yeah, it fucker hurt. You can have a bruise. This is why I don't bottom. Or top myself. Me, Apparently me. I'm pretty statistic. <laughs> and they also sent us twenty five foot of rope and they sent us this really neat rope. There mm-hmm. is a yak rope.
3: Nice. Coconut rope. Ha <laughs> I can't wait.
4: And mohair. Mohair. Which we found out yes. it's on, from a goat. <laughs> on the pre-show, we said, what the hell is mohair? And somebody in the chat room in our little pre-show thing said, that would be uh, Angora goat. That's Yeah, that's what they said. I don't think that has anything to do with an Angora sweater. I don't even think it's called an Angora sweater. It I might don't wrong, know. Though. It sounds kind of
3: familiar. So
4: so there's the bag of rope. We'll be taking that to Winter Wickedness Maybe with us. Maybe
3: someone will contact us and
4: let us know. <laughs> Or contact us and borrow the yak rope long enough to tie you up. Ooh. <laughs> so, you know, it's funny to talk about newbie doms yes. or newbie tops. I'm a newbie. I'm a rope newbie top. I really mm-hmm. don't know too much about rope bondage and that kind of stuff. Still getting used to that. Um, fortunately, you know, I'm okay with telling people, hey, I'm new. Can I watch you? Can you help me? Mm-hmm. Can you show me? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and there's some good websites out there as well. I I think I'm just throwing us back into the question of the day. Let's
2: <laughs> move forward!
4: Move forward! It's okay! <laughs> um, I want to try the coconut rope yeah. or the fruit. I want to try the coconut right? rope. I want to try the coconut rope on you as well. And the bamboo paddles after you tie me up with the coconut rope. <laughs> Is there anything in our <laughs> toy box, either that we've just recently received from Maui Kink or that we've had for years that you don't want to try? No. Right. <laughs>
3: Hey, we still have a Lexian paddle that was gifted to us. We haven't tried either.
4: It's going to be a busy weekend at Winter (laughs) Wickedness, and we will try and try all those things. Um, So before we get into our primary topic, I do want to mention how you can get a free t-shirt. Yay. How do you get a free t-shirt? Thank you for asking. (laughs) So um, there's two different ways, two different contests to get a free t-shirt. One of them, if you're into the Twitter or the Facebook. Okay. Go on to the Twitter or the Facebook and do the hashtag erotic awakening. Right. Where that's the pound three and erotic awakening is one word. Mm-hmm. And a random hashtag. And you can just go hashtag random if you can't think of one. <laughs> Doesn't matter what it is, don't care. And whew, your favorite podcast episode. Nice. That's good. That's in 140 characters. 140 characters. All be interesting. In Twitter, I, don't, I think in Facebook you can do as many damn letters as you want. No, there's a cutoff Starter in check? Facebook okay. too.
3: Yeah, yeah, because I tried to do a long one today and it wouldn't let me. A link to the podcast would be a good
4: idea as well. Wow, that would be, be a awesome. Lot to stick under 140 that would be, characters. That would be. And anybody who does that, uh, the of our eight listeners, three of them have Twitter accounts, <laughs> so you have a 33 percent chance of winning nice. a T-shirt. Nice. Uh, we'll pick one to get send them a free T-shirt, an Erotic Awakening T-shirt. And if you don't like the Twitter or the Facebook or computers in general, I don't know how you're listening to the podcast, (laughs) A, but B, you can instead simply call into the podcast Mm -hmm. and leave us a message, something that we can play on the next podcast. Nice. And we will pick one of the people that do that. Of the eight listeners, two of them have phones.
2: So one of them may call in
4: (laughs) and they will win a t-shirt. Do you know what that phone number is? The phone number is 206-309-0054.
3: I feel like a telethon all of a sudden. I know. So did you see me jumping in my seat though? I know it. I know it. (laughs)
4: Let me say it. (laughs) So we have bamboo or uh, coconut rope. Mm -hmm. We have bamboo paddles. Um, We will be
3: trying them out soon to let people know our product to review. Yes, we will.
4: And we have a variety of other toys. Yes. So when we have a scene, do we just whip out the toys and start swinging? Oh no! When not we usually. Would, no, <laughs> it really. Well, sometimes we're a little rushed. <laughs> when you and I were doing our flow
0: testing mm-hmm. not too long
4: ago, trying yes. to find your G spots yes. and squirt testing, mm-hmm. you put. A, tell me how you would prepare the room for that.
3: So, well, what I would do is um, light candles. And set up some music and turn the lights down low. And since it was a squirting thing, I added towels to the bed and mm-hmm. the floor and the wall. <laughs> and then I put pillows down at the base of the bed, since that's where you were going to be. Mm-hmm. And just had it all romantic looking. Right. so Because that
4: was our goal. And I would brush my teeth mm-hmm. and put on a nice black shirt and my... Um, Heart boxers and my goggles. And was, <laughs> all right, I didn't goggles. The goggles was for wishful thinking, <laughs> or boxers at all. But no. that's the point. So you know what we're talking about is not just going after what you're doing, but actually building an atmosphere around what right. you're doing, designing a scene. Exactly. Well, you know, even in the
3: past, we used to have red rope lights. Oh yeah. Around our bedroom because, you know, we sleep in our bedroom. We talk in our bedroom. We dress in our bedroom. You have to shift the energy a little bit. So we talk you know, in our bedroom while I'm trying to sleep. Oh, well, that's true too. Well, that's a different <laughs> subject. <laughs> but uh, you know, we would we'd turn on the red lights and, uh-huh. and light the leather candle. The leather scented candle. Oh yeah. <laughs> and that would shift the mood some. So I just that was that's like minimum preparation Mm -hmm. so but uh we've done some kick-ass scenes before like uh the witch hunt do you remember yeah Mm -hmm. you know that took a lot of planning and that's more on the level of what um you know is going to be talked about during the interview so with the witch hunt you put a lot of work into that so part of the work was trying to keep it a secret from me yes (laughs)
2: yes
3: So, but you put a lot of work into that and that very much, you involved the help of other people in the dungeon without me knowing about it. You had costuming, Mm -hmm. you had the whole feel of it, you know, and it was just, it was amazing. So you had the makeup and the, and everything
4: to go with it. So anybody can learn how to swing a flogger. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, it just takes, it's a matter of practice. Right. And there's plenty of people to teach you, mm-hmm. and you can learn to be a great flogger. Put an X on the wall and strike over and over and over sure. again until you hit the spot. <laughs> Hopefully that's not that difficult for you to start with. No. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, anybody, but designing an entire scene and making it a memorable event and mm-hmm. making it the, your flogging session something that people are going to think about later, that your partner is going to you know, reflect back on and say, wow, that was really intense. That entire event had me going. Yes. Is what we're talking about with uh, our interviewee tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, we first met Nalen at a, uh, mm-hmm. well, in fact, at one of the events right here in Columbus. Right. Um, I don't remember if it was the one where everybody was frozen or the one where everybody was baking.
3: I'm not sure.
4: <laughs> but it was, it was one of the Adventures in Sexuality events right here in Columbus. He was one of the speakers mm-hmm. and... Um, very impressed with that presentation, so we managed to track him down, and we got him to talk to us about designing a scene. Yes. And, and, and I tell you, it, it takes the idea of, you know, just putting together a good... Beating mm-hmm. or whatever kind of scene you're into mm-hmm. to another level.
3: Oh yeah, he uses a little bit of the the psychological stuff as well. You know, what do you want when you say you like this? What does that really mean? Does that mean that you like this? Mm-hmm. And yeah, just the way he just the way he gets the nuances yeah. out
4: of it. You know. And- He dug into you. He
3: did. (laughs) And the secrets
4: of your tentacle fetish are revealed.
3: And he did it in a way that made me learn some stuff about myself and explain things in a new way. So that was very, very interesting. So, nice. (laughs) With lots of giggles. Yes. Uh Uh-huh. So, but it was octopus-shaped
4: and it had little tentacles. And I just thought that was cute.
2: (laughs) Nice.
4: You're hearing uh Don talk to our guest tonight Nayland. and before we could even start the interview Don's gone ahead and started talking about tentacle sex to a complete stranger no surprise to our podcast listeners regardless Nayland, thanks for being on the podcast
1: I'm happy to be here And now, I'm uh, and I'm happy to learn about a pocket calamari so I'm <laughs>
4: <yes>. <laughs> a Pocket calamari I like that <laughs> Naylin uh, Don and I first met you back here in um A year or two ago here in Columbus, Ohio, when you were presenting in um, one of the Adventures in Sexuality events, Mm -hmm. and uh, I said, oh, don't you remember me? I was the one fawning over, oh, that was a great presentation, Alan. (laughs) And... um, Oddly yeah, I, enough, I can't I, believe you don't remember one of the hundreds of people that do that. But that's fine. And no, you no, pod-
1: I, I remember the I remember the ones that uh, you know that look at me with a sort of disappointed air. Those are the <laughs> ones that that I can't get out of my mind.
4: As fellow <laughs> presenters, we totally dig <laughs> that. Um, so we asked you on the podcast today to talk about designing a scene. Uh-huh. Now, um, I think a, a lot of people come uh, think of it. You know, when we talk about a scene that, um, you know, what is there to design? You grab somebody, you bend them over, you grab a toy, you start swinging.
3: Right. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of um, um, new listeners, amateur. <laughs> I don't want to use the word amateur. <laughs> but, the, you know, people just getting into the scene. And like right. Dan said, you know, they're like, oh, we were supposed to design something?
4: <laughs> uh-huh. So, so I take it that you're um, under the impression that there's more that we could be doing other than just bend them over and start swinging.
1: I, I think it's true. Um, I, I actually I teach a class on this, and, um, and the way that I sort of frame things in the class is that um, uh, it's, I do it from very selfish reasons. Um, I'm a person who uh, believes that BDSM is, in many ways, almost like a kind of performance art. Um, and, uh, and, and that's what I do in my other life is I'm, is I'm an artist, and so I really approach um, the way that I play with people in the same way that I approach making a piece. And so um, this idea of designing a scene or sort of putting it together is really my selfish way of trying to get there to be more interesting, weird, kinky, artistic people out there for me to play with. Okay. so um, so so that's sort of the approach. But I think that um, one of the things that I try to talk about in in the class is that um, a lot of times uh, you hear phrases in BDSM like uh, like negotiation or role play or things like that. And it's very easy for people to get sort of um, nervous and hung up and kind of put off of those things. Mm -hmm. Um, because, um, there's certain things that you can do with someone with very little planning. Um, but, uh, there's ways that you can go much deeper with that person if you do actually plan a little bit. And I, I think one of the ways that people get hung up is that we're really taught early on that sex is this natural thing that you should sort of know how to do it you know since it's sort of an animal thing you should have it figured out um, but the truth is that it's like dancing together um, you need to actually develop some level of conversance with your partner and some um, degree of rapport and skill if it isn't going to be just sort of perfunctory
4: well, that makes a lot of sense and the funny thing is that I, we – I think Don and I approach it from a perspective of um, making your scene more sensual. Mm-hmm. But I think it might just be terminology that we're using because we talk the same language as far as getting deeper into a scene. So, mm-hmm. so when you talk about designing a scene, is this the sort of thing um, that you hold back for just your long-term play partners or do you put that kind of energy into someone you might be playing with only once?
1: Um, it, it really depends on what it is that we're going to do. If, somebody, if, I, if I talk to somebody and they, really, uh, and they really like getting hit, and that's pretty much it, um, then I can do that pretty quickly. Um, there's still some questions that I would ask them, but, uh, but for the most part, that's a pretty easy thing to determine. If it's going to be anything that's at all psychological, and that's um, a a huge turn on for me is psychological play, Mm -hmm. then that really requires um, a longer conversation. So basically, I have a five point uh, easy action plan for how to put together a scene. so, do you, do you, should I give you the five points? If you don't yeah, mind, I'll walk no, you through no. the five if you don't points. Mind. Okay. So,
3: I've got a quick question for you, though, before I sure. forget. Um, and you'll probably answer it in the five points. But, do you design a scene around the person or around the idea of what type of play it
1: is? Um, uh, the short answer is both. Okay. And I'll take you through the process. Uh,
4: Fantastic.
1: So, um, so, step one. Uh, like all great plans, um, begins with masturbating. <laughs> I can't do so,
3: right now with a broken paw. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, but you know, file this away for later on. I'm sure that you'll get another opportunity to masturbate later yes. <laughs> on. Um, the trick is, though, uh, the idea is that you masturbate with a purpose. And the purpose is to really pay attention to what comes up um, at the moment just before you're about to go over the edge. You know, so a lot of times there you are, you're sort of masturbating, and you're kind of thinking about a scenario and it's almost like you're starting to assemble the cast of of a play or something and you're bringing this person on and that person on and, oh, they're doing that and, Things sort of build and build, and then there's the point where you're just about to um, go over, and there's something that sort of crystallizes in your mind. There's a particular quality to the image or the or the impression that is it that just sends you over the edge. So the first thing you do is pay attention to what that is, like like note what it is that really did it for you that time. And think about other times when you've masturbated, like, what does it? What's the thing that really does it for you?
4: Very cool.
1: So that is going to be your goal. That's the thing that you want to get to in the scene, is that that particular thing. Um, So one of the ways that you get to it is step two which is research you sort of ask yourself um, what is it that uh, that reminds you of that uh, of that image like where have you seen that before and often a good place is to think about like movies or TV or or um, or books you might have read Um, so uh, if i if i may if one of you wants to w- sort of wants to to be the experimental subject here
4: Uh-oh. um <laughs> hey, we're going to do rock uh, paper scissors real quick okay <laughs> don's the experimenter
1: okay so don yes. what's what's something that really does it for you what's something that you that that uh is super exciting for you when you think about that thing that's just great that just sends you over the edge kind of what is that
2: Mm.
3: wow there's actually a lot of things well tentacle sex right now
1: (laughs) okay so but but what is it about tentacle sex
3: oh that one's easy um it is the uh forced aspect of it so and what i what i figured out recently was is that it's is the forced aspect with an alien concept? Okay. So yeah, it's the whole um, yeah legs spread apart, and there's nothing you can do about it, and it's a beast you don't know how to communicate with, and things like that.
4: And uh-huh. what and what she's expressed to me before is that it, because it's not just uh, uh, a mock rape, yeah, you know, uh-huh. it's not some guy, it's some right. alien creature, which makes it so. Easily to lock into a, a, oh, well, I guess I'm just a poor, helpless human against this, this beast.
3: Right, where where men could actually, like, say words that might trigger me or something uh-huh. in, in, a, in a mock rape scene like that, and an animal could not. So, right. you know, and, and I'm not into bestiality, well, I, well never mind, well, that's a different... <laughs> Oh, I have to think about that one. I'm thinking tentacles,
1: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly so, so, she
4: so, she'll be masturbating to octopuses later <laughs> to see if that actually fits into her, but so we so, have a, we have a we have some research,
1: okay, there you go. <laughs> so um, so in other words, there's no remorseful tentacle monster oh, the next day,
2: right oh, like
1: nice. oh i'm I'm really sorry that I did that. I was drunk, and you know <laughs> right, So you're just gonna get used, and that's that. there's you know, okay. So, um, think about um, what, uh, uh, where you've seen things that remind you of that. Like, do you have a particular, um, a particular movie or something where you saw something like that?
3: I guess that would be how's it pronounced? Hente. Uh huh. So, like. Um... That sort of cartoony. Le
4: Blue Girl, I think, is the movie she is referring to.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a whole monstrous beast that comes out with the, yeah.
1: <laughs> right. There's that one that's like, uh, uh, that's some unpronounceable word in Japanese. It starts with a U or something. There's, I just remember this series from years ago that kids yeah. turning into demons, lots of tentacles everywhere.
3: Yeah, that's probably the same one, or they've all got the same theme.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, so we have that we have, um, what's important there is that you talked about the, um, the feelings of the sort of alienness, the, the inability to communicate, um, things like that, Mm -hmm. which are, which are things that, um, are, could be useful later on. Okay. Uh, um, The other thing that I always ask someone if I'm going to play with them is, um, well, uh, first I ask, okay, what are, there's that scenario, but what are like five things that you love to do in a scene? Like what, like five activities, like it could be impact, it could be bondage, it could be, what are, what are just some things that you just love to do?
3: Okay. um, Punching. Uh-huh. Um, so things like impact, punching, caning, uh-huh. paddling, things like that.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Uh, sl- slutty play, kind of like um, fisting.
2: <laughs>
1: okay. Um, that
3: type of realm. Absolutely being dominated. That makes any of those things work. Okay. Um, that's why it's actually hard to, to uh, think of certain things because the whole dominated part has to be involved in there.
1: Well, that's, that's okay. Um, we, we figured out that you're going to be dominated, so don't yes, worry exactly. about that. We're, <laughs> we're trying to hone it in a little bit on some stuff that you like to do. So punching.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, uh,
2: paddling.
1: Paddling. Impact like that. Right. Um,
3: the, the uh, sexual.
1: <laughs> did, did we say bondage, yes or no?
3: Um, bondage to a degree. We use psychological bondage more than we do physical. Okay. Usually. So, um, but I'm sure that could be part of it easily, especially in a tentacle sex fantasy. That's, you know, (laughs) the whole part of it. (laughs) Well, you
1: were just talking about that being immobilized and open and being unable to do anything. Okay.
3: So that would make the scene work. Absolutely.
1: Okay. Um, so, uh, then I would ask, um, what's, what are some deal breakers? What are some things that if they happen in the scene, you walk?
3: Hmm. Um, see, usually that's language. That's why uh-huh. that's why I like the whole alien aspect of it. So um, someone
1: talks, you you uh, are it's scene. Forget it's, it. You're it's, gone.
3: it's specific words. So uh-huh. not not just talking, but specific words. So um yep. Age play, definitely a deal breaker. Okay. For me, you know, I understand it, everybody right, else. Right. That's, that's just me. The smell of alcohol.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Um as in liquor, alcohol. Uh-huh. So um not much else. See it's it's the uh, Okay. Yeah, like I said a lot of it would be covered with words. Right. right. Degrading words, um things like that.
1: Okay. So um I ask it in that way because I Always uh, have a hard time when people frame things in terms of limits, okay. um, because uh, a lot of times people will put uh, use the term for uh, of a limit for um, a particular activity, um, but everybody does that activity very differently.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. So I've been uh, I've been uh, single-tailed by people and hated it, and been single-tailed by other people and loved it.
3: Oh, absolutely! You that know, makes so sense
1: that. so that's why I always feel like when it's a deal breaker, um, we've just negotiated, right? Mm-hmm. we I've just figured out that there's a certain number of things that you that if they happen in the scene, you really like them.
2: Mm-hmm. And then I
1: also know that there's some things that if they happen in the scene, the scene ends. So I assure you now um, that in this scene that we 're going to do, those deal breakers will not happen you don 't have to worry about them occurring excellent and and that 's the thing I think is a, a, a little bit uh, of a better situation than with limits, because I find that when someone puts out a limit then all of your energy goes into worrying about whether or not you're approaching the limit.
4: Exactly. Oh, that, that's yeah. an interesting way to look at it.
2: Yeah.
1: You know, it's sort of like, oh, okay, I like thuddy but not stingy. And then the person's hitting you and you're going like, mm, is, that, is that thuddy enough? Is it, a little, is it getting a little stingy? I don't know. Am I getting near my limit? Et cetera, et cetera. And I think it um, uh, takes you out of uh, whatever it is that you're doing.
4: Oh, that's a great way to look at it. It's a great way to keep your energy in the right
1: place. Mm-hmm. And I, I, like, I think like, it's really helpful that way.
3: Yeah, I like giving Dan a, um, a a clear palette to work with, you know, and knowing myself enough to know my couple little limit, you know, my couple little deal breakers. I like that word. Uh huh. So, and that just gives you a whole gamut, a whole spectrum to work with. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, so, so now we've,
4: we've done some masturbation and uh, – And we did our research. And we did our research.
1: And now on to step three, which is write the script. Um, so what I do at this point is I take that cluster of things that you really like. I take the thing that's your goal – and then I sort of look at what parts of it would work for me. Like, what are the things that I generally like to do? What are the things that I'm excited by? Um, I, uh, while I do not have tentacles um, uh, yet, uh, <laughs> hope springs eternal, um, I, do, uh, I do really love punching. I really love impact. Um, I, love, uh, I love fisting. Um, uh, I, I like that sense of, um, uh, being, you know, that, that sort of communication being cut off and be, and sort of, uh, there's an interesting way of being able to hook into being a really cruel, uh, top at that point, because you can, um, the possibility of empathy isn't there. So it's interesting to kind of be able to put that away. That's mm-hmm. something that would work for me. Um, so uh, I start to think about what's a scenario where those things could happen. So let me ask you here. Do you
4: ever get to point to get to this spot, right? Uh-huh. Where you're, you're at the point of writing the script or maybe you're still at the research phase and you realize I got nothing. This is not the kind of person I want to play with. Um. And you just scene
3: that you want to do. or the kind
4: like for example, if Don laid out what she laid out, and you just you like really soft stuff, and you like bunny fur gloves, and uh, girls with big long beards, uh-huh. Don doesn't have. Do you do you ever start getting to this point and saying, "Yeah, we're just not gonna be able to play"? Um,
1: s- sometimes, but uh, to me, part of the excitement about putting a scene together is trying to find the way to make it work. Okay. okay. And and so a lot of times there'll be things like, well, I never really thought of that in that way, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um and and I I like the um the methodology of being able to um come up with a scenario that that uh that works for both of us. Um and I, I think one of the ways of doing that is not being too wedded to a kind of script like often people think about um script in terms of like a bad porn movie or something
3: right
1: right so i'm supposed to now imagine like um uh halt earth woman now you are at the mercy of my tentacle empire And, you know, and you're supposed to be like, oh, yes, oh, I am helpless in your freeze ray or whatever it's going to be. Yeah. Most of us, suddenly it's like, this isn't as hot as I thought it was going to be.
3: Right. So, yeah, I was going to ask about that is how tight is your script or do you leave room for um, intuition and going with the flow?
1: (laughs) Uh, that's, that's why I, I think it's helpful to think about the script as a kind of a roadmap. Okay. And not as like a series of steps that you have to take. Um, so if the, if the roadmap is that you're going to be immobilized and violated by a force that is not going to speak to you, is not going to be empathetic is just going to use you Mm -hmm. then there's a lot of ways that we can make that happen sweet (laughs) without having to necessarily don a particular costume right right exactly Uh, so um so uh that brings us to step four which is play the scene Mm. And I use play both in sort of the acting sense, but also in the sense of like a sport. So, the, the things that make like a good game or a good sport are two things. You have to have a set of rules that are comprehensible to all the participants. Um, so that there's a certain limit on the amount of things that can happen in the scenario.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then you also, those that set of rules has to be um, flexible enough so that there can be unexpected outcomes.
3: Because there usually are. <laughs>
1: right. So, so it's like, um, if you think about when you're a kid and you play with other kids, it's really frustrating when you have someone... Who um changes the rules all the time, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, oh you're it. Okay, now this is home base. No, wait, no, this tree is home base. No, run over here. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, after a while you stop playing with that kid. Right. Because um the rules are kind of meaningless. Similarly, if um everything has to proceed in one particular way Um, then there's no, um, then you can see the outcome from the beginning and, and it's not exciting, you know? So when you think about something like basketball, it's a great game and so many people get into it because, um, the rules are comprehensible, but they're flexible enough that you don't know the outcome at the beginning. Makes sense. So that's the spirit in which you should sort of play the scene. Now, to me, if I'm thinking about this scenario for you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: we got to figure out a way to get you immobilized. It seems to me like there's a certain sort of um, textural, uh, te- text, uh, certain sort of texture thing um, about the tentacle that's probably exciting for you. <laughs> And there may be a number of ways of doing that and thinking like, okay, if we have some rubber gloves and those are filled up with a kind of gelatin or something, um, that, you know, and so if that's happening, then we got to figure out a way that you aren't necessarily seeing that. Right. Right. So that means we're going to have to figure out a way to blindfold you. Um, once we blindfold you, it becomes a lot easier. You know, suddenly it doesn't just have to be me doing this to you. We could bring in any number of other people. Please do. Yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 Eight arms, yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. You are still getting me laid tonight. So I don't. know. Yeah. So I think I I sort of like the idea of you being able to identify like one limb and then oh okay there's the other limb and then suddenly wait wait there's another one and <laughs> another one you know that could be like definitely a way that it could be fun for you is trying to figure out like exactly how many uh how many tentacles are involved in this scenario nice right mm-hmm. um and then we and then uh we you know we we get you to that goal of being the you know being helplessly violated by an alien force and then we kind of got to figure out how to get you sort of out of that um that would probably require a little bit more uh a little bit more conversation but you know all those people come back from those abductions and they're just sort of by the side of the road and (laughs) somebody picks them up and they have a tale to tell so maybe that's the way it all sort of resolves itself
4: nice Anal
1: probe. (laughs) Right, exactly. Oh my god, so much probing. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
4: Oh, yum. (laughs) So, So, before we leave this point, and I guess this is (laughs) somewhere in point three and four, Uh in designing the scene and writing the script and setting rules, although your rules are flexible, Uh is there any concern that you're limiting the creativity of the scene? That... We've, we've got our likes and our deal breakers. Um, but let's say in the middle of our tentacle sex, um, somebody happens to be walking by with a hot, hot caramel sundae. And you're like, oh, well, here's the alien spit. Yes. Oh. <laughs> so uh. does your, when you write the script, do you, do you feel bound to stick to it? Or is there some room for inspiration along the way?
1: I think, there, I think that's a great point. And there definitely is room for inspiration along the way. And, and, and partially, one of the reasons why we, have, why we spell out the deal breakers is that um, we have the assumption that, okay, here's the things that um, you always like to have in a scene and those are going to happen. You can feel good about that. Mm-hmm. Here's the deal breakers. You know that those aren't going to happen. And then anything else that happens in there, we're going to see what we think about it. You know, so there's, so there's, there, it, yeah, it might become like, you know, you might get impregnated with like alien baby. That might happen, <laughs> you know. Um The, you know, what's the thing that was on Futurama? These aren't tentacles; they're genitals. <laughs> uh, um, Not
2: Spielberg, so, was it?
1: <laughs> Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of other things that can happen as long as they're not the deal breakers, you know, okay, um, okay. and, and so, yeah, that's, I think one of the fun things is getting to see all of the possibilities that, how it can play out. And I have, I have an example that I'll, that I'll present later on, but, okay, um, great. so, uh, so there's, uh, let's see. Okay. So. Um, That also brings me to um, uh, step five, which is um, process and repeat. So um, after, uh, you know, after a reasonable amount of time, after doing the scene, you sort of wrapped it up, um, sit down and talk about how it went, talk about what went well, talk about what didn't work. You know, so it could be, well, when you started, you know, uh, when it was clear that I was going to be impregnated, you know, with the alien spore, that wasn't so much fun. But when the alien was spitting the heart caramel on me, that was amazing. Right. You know, and, and go through that process, um, now, a lot of times people ask me, you know, okay, you're having all this conversation. If somebody's bottoming, does that mean that they're sort of topping from the bottom? Yeah. And, um, I, I don't really believe that. Um, I'm personally a switch, but as you know, at the times when I'm dominating someone, I want to know what's going on with them, right. Uh, even if it's just about giving me more ammunition to use against them later on. <laughs> but, you know, if there's something that's problematic for them, I want to know it. I don't, I don't regard that as an affront to my authority um, if, they, if they tell me that something isn't working.
3: See, and I always see these as a potential of learning about self process as well so for me to be able to vocalize something after a scene something I've learned about myself you know maybe the hot caramel felt like vomit and I don't (laughs) it doesn't do it for me you know right I'm gonna know that later
1: yeah (laughs) no vomiting
3: on me during a scene
1: (laughs) yeah well um and to to flip that into the other direction of um the positive Mm -hmm. for me the best um, at times I've ever had in kink, and it's and the reason why I, I do it is the moment where I'm having this incredible time, and I'm like, oh my god, I never thought I would find this hot, mm-hmm. but I totally am. And and then it's like, okay, what's that about? What like why am I now finding this aspect of it really arousing? And that is a process, and that's why I I link it back to the art-making process. It is a process of self-exploration. It is a process of um, being able to come to new definitions about yourself um, with someone else. You know, that's the amazing thing about thinking about scenes in this way, is that it becomes a vehicle for both of you to explore... Um Your entire erotic repertoire and, and learn new things about yourself and each other mm-hmm. so that sense of of going back through and rehearsing and talking about it um is uh I think really crucial, and it means that the next time you play, you understand um Another way to be able, other ways that you can sort of get to the same place, or other aspects that you can emphasize or change uh, as you go through it.
4: Sweet. Yeah, makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Would you? Could you put the same? Would you apply the same five points to something that obviously a tentacle sex scene? Well, it's going to take a lot of designing. It's going to take a lot of forethought to make, uh-huh. to pull something like that off. But what if it's you know somebody wants a scene a little simpler than that? Something like, oh, I just want to be a cathartic flogging. Uh uh-huh. or something like that. This you could still apply these same steps to uh a scene like that as well, I assume.
1: Sure. Um a lot of times, like for example, um I, I've done it with people who are really uh say that they're into um like objectification. Mm-hmm. For example. I had someone who uh, so that they were into objectification and that they were sort of into bondage, and so I was asking them, okay, well, what about objectification is is hot for you? And they had a really interesting response. They were saying, like, well, I like to be useful, huh. um, and and I like to think that I'm fulfilling a function. Mm-hmm. For me, being an object is not about being less than um, somebody else. It's about being. It's about being like kind of the mm-hmm. best at what I can do. So, I you know, I I did this thing where that person um in uh was uh my footstool. Yep. Put you know, and the but the thing about them being my footstool is that they needed to know that they were really good footstool.
4: Right, right.
1: You know, that they were um and and so I was able to um objectify them, but also kind of show them off a little bit, you know? Yep, um, right. And and that, so it it doesn't necessarily, um, and one of the nice things is that down the road, because I knew that that thing about successfully fulfilling a function was the thing that was hot for them, I was able to do things like we would be out someplace and I could have them just hold something. Mm-hmm. and uh, And we could do a little sort of ds thing that was about um you know i could say to them like i know i can trust you with this hold this Mm. you know hold my camera hold this or and and it would be something that would almost be sort of undetectable to uh to someone else looking at it from the outside but was about um touching and acknowledging that place that was really uh exciting for them
3: that makes my heart mushy. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that scene. Just a little simple stuff like that as well, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, often that can be sort of the hottest because yeah. you can do it in public and it doesn't, it's, it's not like you're, you know, asking everybody around you to consent or something. Mhm. But, but that you develop a kind of private language with the person of, like, what that really means. Yes. So yeah, (laughs) so that's, that's a really fun thing. Um, and you know, then also you can do, um, kind of much more elaborate things with it. And, um, I'm, I, one of the things that I feel lucky about is that, um, over the time that I've been doing this, I've, I've developed, uh, some, you know, I have some people who I, I, basically call co-conspirators and you mentioned Lolita and she's one of them. And, um, uh, you know, there's, uh, there's a couple of others. Um, I can actually tell you about, uh, a scene that, um, she, uh, put together, uh, for me actually, uh, where I was bottoming to her and, and it was kind of a great, um, a, a, a great version of this. Mm-hmm. Do
4: tell, um, do tell.
1: <laughs> uh, we did this a couple of years ago at um, at a play event that uh, at one of the camps. So it was an outdoor event, um, and one of the things um, I I I like uh, I myself like some objectification. Um, I like some humiliation play, and I also um, really like CBT. And uh, so she. Uh, put together the scene where um, we were out at a craft store. We were at like a Michael's Crafts um, important location for all your kinky needs. <laughs> uh, uh, and uh, we, she bought like a bunch of those, um, you know, those glass uh, marbles that you put in vases. They're sort yes. of, um, you know, to hold plants up. So she got a, a few bags of those. And we went to camp, and uh, and she bought. Uh, it was weird. I couldn't tell exactly what was going on. She bought traffic cones, and <laughs> she bought a, a few other things. And I was like, "What the heck is going on?" So she brings me over to um, this uh, to one of the roads, and at this camp they have a, ca- a cab service, right, to get you from one side of the camp to the other. There's these golf carts. The golf to bring cart. you
3: around, right? I know where you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <Go ahead>. Exactly.
1: <laughs> So um, so she brings me over, um, handcuffs me, and then uh, she has a little uh, – she has a metal bucket, um, which she attaches to a ball stretcher that I have on. Um, and, uh, and we have another couple of friends join us, and they have a big, long um, bamboo pole that's like about eight feet long. And basically, uh, we set up a toll booth. And so, for anybody to use the road in a direction, they had to make a deposit in the in toll, <laughs> which was the bucket. And the and the tokens were the glass uh, were the glass oh, yeah. marbles. So once they like dropped something in the bucket, they you know um, the the. Gate lifted, and then other, and then you could get through.
2: But
3: it's hooked to a ball stretcher.
1: On How me, yes.
3: Ingenious. <laughs> you should see the look on Dan's face, though. He's <laughs> he's <laughs> crossing his legs and backing away from the computer.
1: Believe me, I saw that look. It, it actually it, it, was, it was hilarious because um, you there were you know there were these guys there who were like sadists. You know, who were like, who were, you know, evil doms. And except that their, you know, their bottoms were all women. So they would be like, they, they would come by and they would like gingerly drop <laughs> the thing in the bucket and go like, sorry, dude. Like, <laughs> you know. and then you would have these other people like, you know, somebody came by in their truck and they were bringing a lot of stuff through. So they wanted to like deposit a whole rock. Oh you, know, you know like, could I just use this as easy pass and go through a number of times? You know? <laughs> people were like lining up and going through and then coming back and going, you know, so wow. I mean, so this is exactly you know what I mean by here's a situation where the rules were really clear to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were all of these different ways for people to play with it.
3: Absolutely.
4: <laughs> Very cool
3: kind of neat because I can picture the environment and see the poem yeah
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs>
4: oh yeah. excellent you see I would not have gone through that I would have gone around and I would not have paid the toll for you I would have been out there for you I will stay on this side of the street I'm okay over here I don't need anything over there uh, but really that's probably not what you wanted out of that scene anyway
1: well you know at a, at a certain point when you're bottoming it's not so much about what you want right
2: exactly <laughs>
1: It's what you get.
2: Sure.
1: <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, it was it, – it, I mean, it was really fun. And, and that was part of the thing that was great about it was that there were all these different ways for people to participate or not or, you know. And and, uh, and so I think that's the sort of thing that, um, for me, you know, I, I can't handle um, – I don't like my kink to be too ponderous or too, um, uh, you know, too um, too serious. At a certain point, if there's no room for people to have fun with it, then what's the point? You know, I can stay home and do homework um, <laughs> and and be bummed out. Um, but you know, it's for me if I'm going out to um, play with somebody, I want it to be. Um, exciting and fun and fun for them and, and uh, you know, something that's kind of a growth experience.
4: Very cool. Excellent.
3: Well, you've put a lot of thought into this, so. Well, th-
4: let me ask you one last question, if you don't mind. Sure. Sometimes I'll go to events and I'll see, uh, and good people, good friends of mine, but they'll have like six play scenes set up in a single night. Uh-huh. You know, And they'll wrap somebody up and they'll beat them and take them down and sponge them off and move them on and grab the next person and then et cetera, et cetera. And that's not to say that these are good or bad scenes. It's just the way they do it. Do you ever get get people that scene like that look at you and the amount of effort and forethought that you put into scening and have them look at you and say, man, you you just don't get it?
3: (laughs) You're doing too much work. (laughs)
1: I, I, it's, I think it's true that there are people that um, probably uh, are, are not interested in playing with me because they don't know exactly what they're going to get. <laughs> um, um, but that's fine. You know, I, I think that um, I really do believe that there are two kinds of people in the world. I think that there are people, uh, or certainly in the kinky world, I think there are people who use kink to, um, expand their definition of themselves. Um, and I would say that I'm in that camp Mm -hmm. and there are people who use kink to confirm a definition about themselves. And so there are people who I think use like the category of being a dominant as a way of not having to ask questions about themselves. It's like, I'm a dominant. This is what dominants do. I'm with a submissive. This is what submissives do. We don't have to ask any more questions. We know what the rules are. This is how it all goes. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the and and I'm not one of those people. And for and and I've played with people like that pretty you know early on in my time in the scene. And and uh, and it wasn't satisfactory for me, and it wasn't satisfactory for them. So I don't think that that's wrong. I think that people just use it for different different sorts of things
4: right right i agree very cool well and i tell you if you don't mind i absolutely will quote you on expand who you are versus confirm who you are i love the sure. way you put that um and, and what a great interview this was i, I mm-hmm. very much um we are in the camp of give it some thought and build something memorable um
3: Oh, yeah, we've got some stories. <laughs> and, and you
4: definitely got Dawn squirming on the – just the interview process was a scene for her. Just so yeah, well, isn't me.
1: that great? It's, it's yeah. great to have stories. I yes. think that that's fantastic.
4: Yeah. Nayland. Uh, if I wanted to bring you out to uh, present on Designing a Scene or some of the other great stuff you've done. I, I loved your uh, food presentation, and I hear oh, you do sure. a hell of a cigar presentation. How would I get a hold of you?
1: Um, you can uh, find me on FetLife. Um, uh, n- uh, under Nayland, N-A-Y-L-A-N-D. Um, I also have an occasional sex blog um, called uh, Kicks from the People's Borough, and that's thepeople'sborough.com.
4: I, uh, I am on that sex blog, as a matter of fact. And then, ah,
1: see, there you are. We'll,
4: we'll come up with. <laughs> we're going to how you came up with that name on a different session. Yeah. yeah. Nail, thank you very much for being on the podcast tonight. It has been a pleasure to talk to you, to get to know you a little bit better. And um, hopefully will um, you'll be in Columbus at some point, or we'll run into you at some point, and we can I... put on that Zoidberg mask and see what happens.
1: <laughs> You've like... all, you still got Zoidberg. You've <laughs> <still got> Zoidberg. <laughs> I love it. Don't get me started on that. I'm so it's, Actually, who I want to be is Scruffy. (laughs) If I could be anybody, it would be Scruffy. I have such a janitor fetish.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. All right,
4: Naylan, thanks again.
1: Okay, take care.
4: Bye. Adventures in Sexuality is sponsored in part, or also you could say, Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by Adventures in Sexuality, Central Ohio's kinky fun group. Visit Adventures in Sexuality at Winter Wickedness or Adventuresinsexuality.org.
3: Want to be a part of Erotic Awakening? Want to share about your favorite kink, an event, podcast, or book? Toss us an email at dananddawn at eroticawakening.com.
4: Let's hear what you have to say. Erotic Awakening appreciates the support of Maui Kink, creators of distinctive and superior toys for the kink and BDSM community. Visit them at mauikink.com, and don't forget to select that you heard about them via Erotic Awakening in the checkout form.
3: Did you know you can buy an Erotic Awakening t-shirt or various selections from the Erotic Awakening audio library? Visit the shop and support page on the Erotic Awakening website. 100% 100% of what comes in from the audio library sales goes to our title defense travel fund. The dollar we make when you buy a coffee cup goes to printer cartridges for the podcast. Thank you for your support. Fuck
4: the contest. Just go buy it yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Erotic Awakening is proud to support the Leatherheart Foundation, a nonprofit charitable organization dedicated to assisting those in need within the Kika leather community. Learn more at leatherheart.org. And Music heard on Erotic Awakening is provided from the
3: Podshow Podsafe Network. More information at music.podshow.com.
4: Don, it's been 100 episodes. Thank you. 100, yeah. Thank you for sitting across the microphones from me.
3: Thank you. I like seeing your smile. (laughs) Bye, Don. Bye, Dan.